We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week in Bristol, a fine city boasting a rich history and culture. The town originally grew as a port, and it was from here in 1497 that John Cabot set off to find a new route to the Spice Islands by sailing northwest. Instead, he discovered a strange, hostile world which he named Newfoundland, until the natives explained that they actually called it Swansea. <laughs> Later, later, Cabot landed in America while looking for India, Mexico while trying to find Australia, and Brazil when sailing to Japan. He eventually returned to retire in Bristol, where his descendants are to be found to this day, running a minicab firm. <laughs> These days, several famous names live here, including the television actor Tony Robinson, who so hilariously plays the scruffy idiot sidekick in Time Team. Another resident is Paul McGann from the famous actor family, which includes his brothers Joe, Mark, and Reno. <laughs> incidentally, incidentally, there was a time when actors weren't popular in Bristol as they were considered to lower the city's tone. So the local council sent letters to all the famous stars asking them to stay away. Let's meet four performers who were never on. <laughs> who were never on their mailing list. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Andy Hamilton. And ever eager to do her stuff on the desk next to me, please welcome our delightful scorer, the lovely Samantha. Okay, let's start with the first round. This week it's round one, and it's called Cost Cutters. As the economy slides ever deeper into recession, programme makers are being forced to trim budgets. In a desperate bid to keep the project afloat, I understand the makers of a goodies revival series have had to employ actors who will work for nothing. Still, it would be nice to see at least two of the original cast again. <laughs> OK, teams, I'd like your suggestions, please, of cut-price versions of well-known films, books, TV or radio shows. Barry, will you start, please? How Haverford West was won. <laughs> Andy. Uh, crouching Tiger, Hidden Drag Queen. <laughs> Graham. Dr Jekyll. Tim. All quiet on the front at Weston. <laughs> From Wales, dial M for Merthyr. <laughs> Bride of Franken, Peggy. <laughs> Captain Corelli's Mandarin. <laughs> Bring me the hat of Alfredo Garcia. 
Randall and Hopkirk decreased. <laughs> Chitty bang. <laughs> You're on a roll. <laughs> Lady Chatterley's loofer. <laughs> Buffy the umpire slayer. <laughs> Let's move on to something that might be good. <laughs> the round is called One Song to the Tune of Another, and as you... As you hear that, teams, I know exactly what you're thinking. What in the name of sweet baby Moses on stilts can this possibly involve? <laughs> well, it's actually not nearly as complex as it sounds, as all of you who study the work of Sigmund Freud will appreciate. For the purposes of psychoanalysis, Freud divided the personality, or in our terms, the song, into two components. As you know, teams, these are the ego, comprising moral values, which is so obviously analogous to the tune, and the id, which unconsciously contains primitive emotions and therefore equates exactly to the words. The personality or song steers between the two, trying to reconcile and balance their conflicting demands against the constraints of the real world. Now, I can see something written across your faces, teams. Yes, indeed, Freud did prove that the ego and the id can be adjusted and modified through behavioural therapy, or in our terms, literally, by singing one... <laughs> by, sing by singing one song to the tune of another. <laughs> However, I should point out that, yes, Freud's theories also conclude that the repression of sexuality often leads to an infantile penis substitution fixation or in our terms, Colin Sell is at the piano again. <laughs> Graham, we'll start with you. Would you please sing the words of Simon Says to the tune of Marlene Dietrich's lovely Falling in Love Again? I'd like to play a game that is so much fun and it's not so very hard to do the name of the game is simple simon says and i would like for you to play it too put your hands in the air simple simon says shake them all about simple simon says do it when Simon says, simple Simon says, and you will never be out. OK, your turn, Andy. You're a Chelsea fan, I understand. Well, yes. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, you can sing the words of Blue is the Colour, to the tune of I Can See Clearly Now. <laughs> Blue is the colour, football is the game. <laughs> We're all together and winning is our aim. So cheer us on through the sun and rain. Cos Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea is our name. <laughs> Here up the bridge, weather, rain or fine. Come on, if you think you're hard enough. <laughs> we can shine all the time. Get him, chopper. <laughs> Home or away, come and see us play. 
you're welcome any day. Okay, Tim now, would you please sing the words of I am the walrus to the tune of Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. <laughs> As you are he, as you are me, and we are all together. See how they run like pigs from a gun. See how they fly. I'm crying, sitting on a cornflake, waiting for the band to come. Corporation T-shirt, stupid bloody Tuesday. Man, you've been a naughty boy You let your face grow long I am the Eggman They are the Eggmen I am the walrus Goo-goo-ga-joo Goo-goo-ga-joo And finally, Barry, would you please sing the words of Chirpy Chirpy Cheep Cheep? to the tune of Stranger in the Night. <laughs> Where's your mama gone? Where's your mama gone? Little baby Don, little baby Don. Where's your mama gone? Where's your mama gone? <laughs> far, far away. Far, far away, last night I heard my mama singing a song. Ooh-wee, chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep, woke. <laughs> Up this morning and my mama was gone. Ooh-wee, chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep, chirpy, chirpy, cheep, cheep, chirp. Where's your mama gone? Where? The next game is all about sound effects. Wireless has relied for many years on the sound effect to bring atmosphere to drama broadcasts, and we only have to hear chuff, 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 chuff to immediately conjure up the image of a steam train running past a small nudist colony. <laughs> But how often have you thought it might be entertaining to create vocal sound effects? No, I thought not. <laughs> In this game, one team will tell a story for which the other team has to supply the sound effects vocally, as each noise is mentioned in the story. Anyone failing to provide the appropriate sound effect will have two points deducted. Barry and Graham, you're to start. If you'd now care to relate your tale. We certainly will. Victorian London. Over the rooftops floated the sound of Big Ben. You watch your language, Big Ben, said his wife. <laughs> Don't you bing bong at me. But Big Ben, the burly docker, had already leapt into a handsome cab and was racing towards Baker Street. It was one of the new motorised handsome cats. 
In his chambers at 221B Baker Street, Sherlock Holmes was playing a mournful air. <laughs> On his saxophone. Suddenly, they heard someone rapping at the front door. Knock, 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 knock. Holmes flung the door open, catching Big Ben with a half wrapped parcel. <laughs> Only half of that. Yeah. <laughs> Bing bong, snarled the burly docker, and struck Holmes on the head with a cocktail cabinet. <laughs> Bonk. Again and again. And again. Bonk. To be continued. <laughs> OK. Kim and Andy, it's your turn to tell a story now, and uh, Barry and Graham, you're providing the sound effects this time. Right. This is a very festive story. Yep. It was Christmas. Island in the Pacific. <laughs> jungle, jungle, jungle. Where Captain Cook was confronted by the natives. <laughs> Hello. Of Ipswich, who were terribly lost. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to meet you, Ipswich folk. After a nasty exchange <laughs> of social diseases, <laughs> Cook set sail, but almost immediately there was a storm <laughs> of criticism from his crew. <laughs> to crush the mutiny, Cook handed out lashings. <laughs> You're loving this, aren't you? <laughs> of cream buns and ginger beer. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, there was a huge yell. <laughs> oh, octopus slithering onto the deck. <laughs> the men leapt into the lifeboats and started rowing. In, in out. In, in, out. In, out. Sorry, rowing furiously. <laughs> <laughs> In, in, out, in, no, out, in, out, 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 in, out. But, but soon they arrived at the busy docks. Hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> no more patience today, I'm too busy, said the doc. So they all, <laughs> so they all died of scurvy. The end. We now, we now delve into the world of astrology, the prediction of future events and personal traits by reference to the juxtaposition of celestial phenomena. Personally, I'm a Sagittarius, which makes me prone to hopeless, misplaced optimism. I have a feeling this round's going to be a humdinger. <laughs> I understand Tim was born under the sign of Libra, the scales, Andy, Leo, the lion, and Graham, Pisces, the fishes, while Barry Crower is on the cusp. 
his daily life being ruled alternately by the signs of the goat, the bull, the white heart, the green man, and the royal <laughs> This round is called Historical Horoscopes, and to prove the value of the horoscope as a prediction tool, I'd like the teams to share with us some they've unearthed from history to compare how accurately they forecast the lives of well-known individuals. Andy, what have you discovered for us? Well, this is a rather interesting one. Uh, it was Julius Caesar's oh, yeah. uh, um, in March. Uh, it's, it's not a great time for you right now, as people you trust may let you down. Try to steer clear of anyone whose name ends with us. <laughs> and he obviously didn't read his uh, horoscope in The Guardian, Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Which said, beware the Ipswich match. <laughs> Adolf Hitler, don't let others sway you. Keep up with the painting. <laughs> Life is a game of two halves, and you've only one ball to play with. <laughs> one I've discovered for Charles I. Good uh, Lord. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, it's interesting. Venus is in the... <laughs> Venus, as Venus is in the ascendant, it's not a good time to buy a hat. <laughs> Well, not an expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> I got one for um, Icarus. Really? Remember Icarus? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes. Now is the time to spread your wings and prove that you're a high flyer. <laughs> <laughs> but first, enjoy that holiday at the seaside. A bit of sunshine never hurt anyone. <laughs> Well, really interestingly, I found one for Elvis Presley. Oh, how interesting. It is, is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. This is on his 16th birthday. It's quite a long one. It says, you'd have to have a wooden heart not to feel all shook up by recent events. But I just can't help believing that it's now or never. So don't be a teddy bear, but don't be cruel. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ignore those suspicious minds, especially Frankie and Johnny. And just tell that girl your best friend that she's the devil in disguise. <laughs> Otherwise, you could be crying in the chapel until the 12th of never, and that's a long, long mm. time. But sadly, there's no evidence that he ever read that. <laughs> do you know, I found one for Napoleon. Really, Graham? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, it says, June the 18th is a good day to catch up with those household chores you've been putting off. Romance could be in the air. And watch out for Blucher's Prussian cavalry on your left <laughs> flank. <laughs> it's time now for an old favourite called Cheddar Gorge. Just one of a surprisingly large catalogue of games taking their names from famous locations around the world, many of them originating in the East. There's a game called New Delhi, which involves opening a sandwich shop. <laughs> Another is Seychelles, where the winner is the first person to say the word shells. <laughs> and there's even, a, there's even a game called... There's even a game from Thailand called Bangkok. <laughs> which is too painful to describe in detail. <laughs> in Cheddar Gorge, the teams construct a sentence saying one word each at a time. The object is not to complete the sentence, and if I judge a full stop has been reached, you'll hear this. <laughs> as I hit my gong. <laughs> Tim, I'd like you to start, please, and this week I'd like you to provide the voiceover to a documentary on the life cycle of a bee. Off you go, Tim. Buzz. Went. The. Bee. Which was flying over the top 
of one hive in Cockfosters. <laughs> which was beside... <laughs> I'm panicking now. Uh, <laughs> the little old quaint... Charming, yet strangely... <laughs> attractive... Lee... <laughs> furnished... Side of the <laughs> old yet <laughs> spruce, comma, <laughs> nevertheless, they went to the old <laughs> mill by candlelight, which was not the best time. To go to the old mill, <laughs> which was not the best time <laughs> to repeat the <laughs> best part of this continuing. <laughs> Endless B. <laughs> it's time now for a musical round called Swanee Kazoo, where the teams combine the mellifluous glissando of the Swanee whistle with the croaky rasp of the kazoo. Yes, Swanee and kazoo are two words that go together like cheese and onion, prawn and cocktail, smoky and bacon, or overpriced and disgusting. <laughs> All the while remembering that the words Colin, Cell and Pianoforte go together like please, God and not again. <laughs> Tim and Andy, you'll start with a rendition of the Banana Boat Song to feature Andy Hamilton on the kazoo and Tim Brooke-Taylor on the swanny whistle. Your turn, Barry and Graham. I'd like you to provide a rendition of Ma, He's Making Eyes at Me to feature Barry Cryer on the kazoo and Graham Garden on the Swanee Whistle.
I notice it's very nearly the end of the show. Aww. Ah, but there's just time to squeeze in the late arrivals at the menswear department ball. <laughs> S Samantha has to nip out now, as she's just heard that her gentleman's outfitter friend has won Salesman of the Year. And she's keen to rush over and surprise him with a big kiss in the trouser department. <laughs> where... <laughs> where he's been specially outstanding. So while she's away doing that, I'd like you teams to announce the late arrivals at a ball for the staff of a menswear department. Graham, will you start, please? Will you welcome, please? Certainly. Mr. and Mrs. Stweed Jacket. Oh, and their son, Harry Stweed Jacket. <laughs> Close namesakes of the Stweeds. Here are Mr. and Mrs. Tweed, followed by Ray Allen and Lord Charles. They're the Norfolk Tweeds with a vent at the back. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the journey. <laughs> a long trip. <coughs> Will you welcome from Scotland, please? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Strap and their son. <laughs> Dougal. <laughs> France Bain. Will you welcome, please? Sue. Senor e Signora Chizakit. <laughs> and their aristocratic brother, Don Chizakit. <laughs> Will you welcome from Germany, please, Herr Schert? <laughs> Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. An unusual choice for underpants. <laughs> and their son, Peter Vincent Christopher. Or PVC is an unusual choice for underpants. Very welcome indeed. Mr. And, and Mrs. Rags and their daughter, Glad. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Poke Tailoring and their daughter Bess. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Bross Suit and their son Amos Bross Suit. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Esther and their not all their daughter, 90% Polly Esther. <laughs> <laughs> A warm, warm welcome for Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, what has Llewellyn Bowen come as this time? <laughs> and the son Gordon. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the greyhound of destiny savages the electric rabbit of fate, <laughs> and the manager of mother care chases the greyhound out of the shop, <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good people of Bristol, it's goodbye. Triad, Graham Garden, Andy Hamilton and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sowell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs>